Security threats are everywhere. But with Xfinity XFi, you're notified of threats to your in-home Wi-Fi network, so all your connected devices are protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the spooky atheist experience. We are not doing anything special about the fact that Halloween is tomorrow, but I just wanted to say that. I almost brought candy. No, Tracy counts. didn't bring candy. <laughs> uh, Tracy Harris is here, <laughs> and I'm Russell Glasser, and uh, today is October 30th, 2016. We are a live call-in show uh, an internet-based atheist TV show broadcasting from Austin, Texas, dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. You can catch us live every Sunday on on YouTube or Ustream.tv. Uh, the official Atheist Experience blog is at, uh, or the website is at www.atheist-experience.com. The blog is at freethoughtblogs.com slash AXP, where you can comment. Uh, you can email us at tv at atheist-experience.org, and you can join the official, uh, the Atheist Experience official discussion group on Facebook. If you enjoy this show, then please check out our related podcast, The Nonprofits, currently airing on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. The next Nonprofits is going to be recorded live on November 2nd that evening. As always, the cast and crew of The Atheist Experience is going to be going to dinner after the show at Star of India at 2900 West Anderson Lane. We'll arrive around 6.15 p.m. or so. And, well, I'm not going to make a, a big speech about it like I did last week, but I just want to remind people, early voting has started in many states. Uh, you, uh, let, let's see, the election is on uh, November 8th, is it? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I don't want to say it's November 28th like some people did. <laughs> uh, and... Our audience is smart. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but be evidence-based and research the stuff that you're going to be voting for and do that because it matters. Yeah. How are you, Tracy? Good. How are you? Good. I just would like to add there's local races on the ballots, too, and propositions and things that, that matter. I voted for several people for school boards. and well, they, you know. yeah, don't, I mean. No, no, I'm just, I'm <laughs> simply saying that you have lots of local elections. I'm right, not telling right. anybody how to vote or even who I voted for. I'm just saying yeah, that sure. you have things like school board, which traditionally have been important right. here in Texas. And you have, um, like we had a, you know, a, a, a 
roadway proposition, you know, on on uh, financing or not to finance yes. road improvements. And, and Tracy so, voted in each one of those, and <laughs> so did, did I. Yeah, and it's important. I have a District 6, you know, uh, vote for my city council person, and, you know, they are very, very different as far as their ideologies, and so that was a big one. Yep. Um, I went in to see one of my son's high school teachers <laughs> right after voting, and he saw the I Voted sticker and said, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So it's exactly. nice. Exactly. It's about it. participation. It's about showing that you are invested in the process so that the rest of us know that you're not going to revolt. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, it's good to know that you will, you know, that's part of me casting my vote is is my demonstration that I will abide by the outcome. You know what I mean? It, it's not just me trying to uh, say, here's what I would like. It's also me saying that if I don't get what I like, I will abide by that. That's a big part of showing your participation is is your agreement with the, with the other citizens in in the nation. That well, not your agreement, but at least your... Um, demonstration. Collaboration. Well, I mean, it's a demonstration that you accept the process. Right. And accepting the process means accepting the outcomes. Um, and so, you know, not not involving yourself does not give us that demonstration that you are invested in the process. And, and uh, you know, sometimes there's good reasons for not being invested. You might be marginalized in some group that... You feel that you're you're not represented, and um, and that you are somehow disenfranchised, and that uh, isn't isn't the fault, I think, of the constituent, but it still uh, is is a dangerous situation because we shouldn't we shouldn't be marginalizing people and disenfranchising groups to the point that they feel like involvement in the process is um, worthless. Uh, everybody should be able to feel like their participation matters and is valuable. Right. And Just remember that as many, many people have said and been requoted, so I'm not going to attribute it to one person, <laughs> but democracy is the worst form of government except for all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's never going to be perfect when you have, you know, hundreds of millions of people trying to all get what they want um, out of a process. So there's going to be compromise, um, you know, and we live, we live with that. Yep. All right, we've <sighs> used our soapbox to do our civic duty. What's on your mind today? All right, what so else? I, uh, I posted at the blog, and I told a couple little stories. Um, mm-hmm. These are a few stories that uh, recently came up in another conversation that I was having, and I thought, you know, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So I had two people that told me different stories at different times about different things, and it was very strange to me that, um, in essence, they are the same story. So one person told me a story about how she is able to uh, predict bad things will happen. So she knows when a bad thing is going to happen because she gets this foreboding feeling that something bad is going to happen. Hmm. And she was telling me a story about, you know, about this event that occurred in her life. And she said that she went to a restaurant with her, uh, with the person that she was dating at the time. And they sat down and they got their menus and they were looking at the menus and she got this horrible feeling that something awful was going to happen. And so she told him right away, we have to leave. Something bad is going to happen. Like I have this really bad feeling. We have to get out of here. And so they left the restaurant and that's where she stopped. And I said, well, okay, so what happened? You know, I'm waiting to hear like the roof collapsed, <laughs> the, you know, the next morning in the paper, the headline was that the, you know, building caught fire or, you know, it was robbed by armed robbers and people were, you know, injured or. You know, that, 
if that did happen, you still want to be careful with yeah, that no, power. I know, but I'm waiting see, to hear it. I've seen the uh, Final Destination movies. <laughs> oh, I thought it, you were going to say it still doesn't mean that you have, you know, well, prophetic Well, no, but I'm saying feelings, if you but... get away from the roof collapsing in the restaurant, you're still marked for death later just because so, you okay. cheated death with a premonition. It doesn't stop. Yeah, it comes at you like the Terminator. So then I, I, so, you know, I'm waiting to hear, like, did everyone get food poisoning? Was it like, you know, was there, what was the, what happened? And she goes, well, nothing, that's it. <laughs> like, so you left the restaurant and, <laughs> and nothing happened at the restaurant. Like, I didn't quite understand how that validated her feeling to her. Like, I don't know how it validated it. And so it was interesting because that was a kind of unique story. For me, because most of the times people will tell you like something horrible happened and that's why I think that I have this power to predict bad events or whatever. But to it, say it's like wearing an, uh, like an anti elephant hat or something. It's like, I don't see well, any elephants around here. I guess it's almost like when people say they have prophetic dreams, right? Yes. And they, and they call up and they say, well, I dreamt my aunt was going to die and then I found out my aunt had died that night or whatever. And, if what if they just said I dreamt that you know someone died, and then that's the end of the story? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how is that impressive? And so then I later had someone tell me a story, and they said that they were an empath, right? That they had the capacity to pick up on uh, negativity from other people. Uh, whether a person defines that as some sort of like wooish capacity to pick up energy from others or whether they're just simply saying I'm very attuned to, um, the cues that people give, you know, socially when they're not happy or not feeling well. Uh, it's up to the person, but they described themselves as an empath and said that they learned this, uh, one day when they were walking outside and someone uh, they they were walking outside and they had this horrible awful feeling and they felt really bad and they didn't know why and they realized that this feeling had come on as they walked past another person who was going the other direction and so they said I recognized at that point that I must have picked up on the bad feeling that this person was having, like whatever horrible thing was happening with them in their life. I must have picked up on that. And that was why I then felt really badly. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I said, so why did they feel really bad? (laughs) And she said, oh, I, I didn't go talk to them or anything. And I'm thinking, then how do you know that the person even felt bad? Like, how did it, how would you, I mean, what if you've had this bad feeling as you walked past a building, right? I mean, would you be thinking this building must have, you know, so maybe someone was, must, someone must have been murdered there in 20 years ago because I felt yeah. really bad as I walked past the building. That, or That sounds like the easiest and laziest style of confirmation bias. It It's like... You have a feeling, and you decide what it means, and you don't even try to check it out. Even even though it's simple, right? right? I I mean, I can imagine a slightly more advanced form of that, where they go up to that person and talk to them, and then they basically badger that person until they find out (laughs) what something Something in their life that's bugging them. What is it? Yeah, because there is not a person working walking down the street in the world who doesn't have something that's that's weighing on their mind a little bit, right? But these are very weird stories. Like I, 
these are unique to me. Like, I have not heard lots of people tell tales like this. Most of the callers or people that contact us have this sort of, at least they get the response they expected, and then they sort of assume that it all goes together, right? Mm -hmm. But in this case, there's just the assumption with no, like, no reason for it. It's such a weird, slight, I, I can't even put it together. It's like you're saying. It a, I mean, it's a, a validation of how they want to think the world works. And, I mean, would they have think, had to, for example, get into a car accident on the way home in order to think like, oh, maybe the bad, or would they say that was the bad thing? You right, know what I that, mean? Like, that's the point. What's if, the, what would you, if what something would it, bad does happen to them, then that validates what they were thinking because they're like, oh, I knew something bad was happening <laughs> yeah. because I had this this premonition. Right. But right. if nothing bad happens, then it's like, I well, I, I guess I just avoided the bad thing. Yeah, I I couldn't think of like how would you falsify a thing like that? Like what would de- what would make them doubt this assumption that they're making? And right. I don't know what it is because what. What caused them to make the assumption? I can't even figure out. Yeah, and it's very similar to these, to the 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 way that nothing can invalidate the idea that things that happen are God's will. Like, thank goodness that that guy that God saved the one person's life from the plane crash in which everybody else died. I God just... must have been working their life. Like. Uh, short of complete <laughs> extinction of the human race, there is nothing so bad <laughs> that it can't be attributed as God's special favor or or something. And this is just sort of a more vague, spiritual, wishy-washy version People of that. People put way too much uh, into feelings, right? Like, right, yeah. I'm not down on feelings. I like feelings. I have feelings. You know, they're, feelings they help life uh, be fun, you know? But, yeah. Um, I think feelings are great, personally. Yeah, so. I'm down with feelings, but I don't sit around trying to imbue, imbue them with, or imbue, what is the word I'm looking for? Imbibe, imbue? Is that a word? Uh, yeah. Imbue them? Is that the one I'm trying to think it's of? Totally with a word. all kinds of, you know, meaning that isn't there. I mean, there's no reason to think that 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 they have more meaning beyond just a response to whatever's going on. And sometimes it's like a a weird response, like these people were saying, they get these feelings that can come out of nowhere, right? Like you Mm -hmm. could just be suddenly sad. Um, And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to have a real obvious trigger. There's all kinds of things that go on in your brain. Um, I can't imagine anybody who's ever gone through a PMS week wouldn't understand that you can have some wacky feelings. I mean, I mean, so a lot of people <laughs> suffer from depression, and they yeah, are very chemistry. used to feeling yeah. sad all of a sudden for no reason. Yeah. Maybe you just often. ate something weird, like too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, what is it? The I think it's. Um, Oh, I can't even think of what it is. There's this a couple of foods that have like a real heavy impact on your hormones. Mm. And, you know, you could just have eaten too much of that <laughs> one night. Or like, what was it Scrooge said? It's a bad yeah. bit what of is it? bacon. Tryptophan from or... turkey makes you sleepy. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think that's what you're no, after. No, thi- what, what I'm thinking of is uh, tofu is like has a, has a hormonal kind of uh, response to it if you okay. eat too much of it. Yeah. So anyway... Just, you know, it was just some weird stories. I don't know why people think that way. Right. And, I mean, <laughs> it's it's weird also when they c- 
say this to you like, okay, miss logical atheist. Well, I don't something. even think, I honestly yeah. don't think that they were doing that, and I don't think that they, okay. these two people, well, one of them knows I'm an atheist, doesn't have a problem with it. One of them um, doesn't even know my position on that. So it was just kind of out of the blue that these stories were told. They were very generically told. Mm-hmm. But I guess what kills me too, though, is especially in the first case, I mean, you have a person here who has dreamed up this thing out of nothing, and now it's actually driving decisions that she makes in her life. Mm. Can I have a dinner? No, because I had a feeling, you know, so now I can't have dinner out. We have to go home and eat because, you know, feeling. And so I'm just looking at this like this is impacting the decisions that you make in your life. Yeah, well, I mean, if people's it can- brains evolved to hunt down patterns and that's These why I think that's patterns, why though, is what I'm no saying. but but uh, like i know they're not, not pattern. actually patterns but uh, they are they are perceived <laughs> that way like <laughs> like this person picked this weird feeling out of all the experiences that she's had and chose to see that as significant in some way right but for and, no reason i could i could even understand if like she said when i was four years old i had that feeling and you know something bad happened and so now i think something bad is going to happen every time i have a feeling but right. it's not even that like the story that gets told ends with and nothing happened Right. <laughs> like, but the reason it makes I think the times. reason it makes no sense to you is because you're not used to looking at the world in the way that she does. But I probably at, I don't well, know how no, she looks at the world. I don't look at it how she does. But yeah. even when I was religious and I put all kinds of stock in how I felt and thought God was sending me messages and whatever, I still felt like the outcomes mattered. Like mm-hmm. the outcome had some bearing on the you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, whether you believe in God or not, I think that is that says something about your personality type. And people like it, it's weird to everybody that that other people don't think like they do because we don't get to step outside of our own heads. And it, well, I feel like like when I talk to a lot of people on the show, I do not relate to the way that they think a lot of times. But although I try over the course of a conversation when we're talking to somebody to kind of get inside their head and not necessarily agree with what they're saying well, or or validate the way they're thinking, but at least to understand that they're coming from a vastly different perspective than I am. But even when it comes to like the fallacies, when you mm-hmm. when you when you hear somebody start to explain why they are reasoning the way they are and you start to hear mm-hmm. a fallacy I understand. It's like, okay, I see the mistake you're making. But in these cases, I don't even, like, I don't even see the mistake they're making because there's, there's huh. nothing there. It's like, what are you even tying to this? Like, I don't even understand what they're tying to it that makes well, them think what they think. Think culturally about all the movies there are where somebody has some kind of special feeling and it means something and and that is like an indication that that person is special and has uh, magical powers. I mean, okay. think, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, like Planet In- Alderaan blows up and he's like, I just heard a th- you know, billions of voices crying out. It's like people want to believe that right. they have but that, that special power. But that connects to a real event, though. Right. 
I mean, so even if he was wrong, uh-huh. we could say, oh, he had this horrible feeling, and he had it mm-hmm. in, in in sync in time with when this huge, horrible event happened, and so that's why he thinks that this is right, connected. Right, but I think people who think that way kind of believe that there is some kind of reality underlying that feeling, even if it's not demonstrated in some way. Like, to them, I, I would speculate that the strength of the feeling itself is proof that something is happening out there in the real world. I can't, I can't speak I know, for I don't it. relate I don't to it either, but I but think I'm that's saying, the way a lot of people think. Even in the examples that you give, there's always this, like, at least something to it. Or, like, when somebody re- well, figures sure. out they have a superpower, there's an event that sort of demonstrates it at the beginning, where they're like, whoa, right. did that really happen? But, but <laughs> when Alderaan blows up, like, that is dramatic irony, because we, the viewers, have just seen a second ago that Alderaan was blowing up. Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't have that uh, ex- direct experience of having seen the previous scene in the movie, but because he is an old man imbued with magical powers by the plot... He knows that that, like, he finds it worth mentioning to Luke, hey, I just heard billions of voices crying out. Right. And I think a lot of people want to think that their minds are special, that they are the chosen one in some way, or that there's a God who personally connects to all of them. And so when they feel a strong feeling, they they must think, oh, I need to voice this because obviously this means something. Well, if there's anybody out there that used to think this way that doesn't mm-hmm. anymore, if you could go to the blog and explain it. Sure. Like, what was it that in your head confirmed to you that this type of feeling was meaningful? Dan Barker had a story. I think he repeats stories a lot in his books, but I first read it in uh, Losing Faith in Faith, and I think he also mentioned it in Godless. Uh, when he was a Christian, he had... He heard these voices in his head. So he was driving somewhere, and he and the voices were like, "Turn off the road. There's something really important that you need to see." And he, you know, drove to a specific spot where the voices were telling him. He got out of his car and walked in the middle of the corn a cornfield, and then he waited around, and nothing happened. And then he just went back to his car. Right. And this is something he remembers now, but it was years and years before he became an atheist. He didn't think, oh, that's weird. I guess I was mistaken or there's no God or something. He He still, it still stuck with him for a long time that something significant had happened, but he just didn't know what it was. Instead of (laughs) he was primed by his religion to think that God will talk inside your head and tell you uh, important things. All right. Maybe you just, I mean, I don't come from a religious background. I've never had. Well, I do, but I've never. This is like something I'm not. Yeah, maybe you come from a different kind of religious (laughs) background. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's. It would be interesting to know how much of that is cultural and how much of it is. Though the kind of like a belief almost in psychic ability. I mean, this is less about like religious thinking. That I mean, not that there's not parallels, but I'm just saying that. This is people that seem to think they have some kind of a psychic capacity. Right. But a lot of that is cultural because we have a lot of entertainment that presents psychic yeah. people. It's it's sort of like I heard once after uh, like the idea of aliens and sci-fi took off, took off in the popular culture, 
after that, all of a sudden, people were being abducted by aliens all the time in right. these stories. Like, people absorb it, and it's part of their psyche. Yeah. So, I yeah. would bet, and maybe you could ask your friend, <laughs> but maybe it would come across as rude and condescending. That's but, what I'm always, like, thinking yeah. when I think it. I mean, I ask, like, what happened? And then when they say nothing, I'm sort of like, oh... Right. Okay. But I would bet <laughs> that they have this feeling that it was some kind of psychic message. Uh, clearly. All right. Well, that's all I had. That was interesting. Yeah. And now instead of arguing with each other, <laughs> uh, we have Sam on the line, I think. Hello? Sam? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. You hey, can. Sam. Sam in Minnesota. Oh, hey. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Good. Just fine, thanks. Great, yeah, I uh, think that uh, I have the greatest uh, truth claim in the world. Wow, that's quite a claim. Yeah, I, I also I think it's not going to this episode, obviously, but when it gets proven, I think it'll put an end to your show and every single atheist show. Well, good, then I'll get oh, my Sundays yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it would be nice to go home and relax and not waste time on this stupid show. <laughs> no, the dialogue needs to happen until one thing's proven, but it's uh, sure. proof of God's coming. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, how when, how uh, do you, soon do you, do you think we'll have this? Yeah, do, can we have a time frame? Uh, you know, as we get discussing, we will get to that, I'm sure. Uh, it's okay. To, uh, I think that okay. there is a one-world religion coming. <laughs> well, that would be a change from all all it these would, religions splitting off from each other. Well, it, actually, I can explain that too. Why the it explains why there's so many religions. Okay. Um, but uh, have you guys heard of uh, Chris Langan? Yes, I have. Okay, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Which I know you were in the little chat box. There, oh, yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> I have some inside information on it because I've met, I've actually taken the trip to meet him in person on okay. four different occasions. And I just, his intelligence is for real. He, I would have no okay, doubt. Okay, let's talk about that. the idea here. Yeah. I'm less interested in names than the idea. Right. I've heard, I've heard Chris Langan well, name dropped he, a whole lot as like, he's this brilliant right, guy just, with an IQ of like but 200. But we're, we're here to talk about the ideas. Yeah, but I mean, so. I just want to make sure the audience right. oh, has context. Ahead. Sorry. Um, but, but yeah, yeah so I you're a personal put, buddy of Chris Langan. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I think it is important for the audience to put his name out there. The ideas are what matter, but his name, you know, so they know, so they can look him up. Okay. Okay. Uh, his yeah, name is out I, there. But in more than I don't <laughs> know the proofs myself because they're oh. in a book he's going to publish. But I can talk a okay. little bit about that. But I just want to talk about. Wait, you can talk like, about. Do you even you know the general know? idea? Because I mean, yeah, I've uh, known lots of smart okay. people. Yeah. Well, well, hold on a minute. Can I just clarify? What are we talking about today? Well, what my main ob objective is just to share some of what he told me in my experience meeting him. Okay. To so, what? Yeah, okay. To what purpose? Uh, it sounds. It sounds like you're hedging here that you're not going to be able to present this argument in a way that you think will convince people. You just want to name drop him. Or am I wrong? No, no, I got arguments. No, okay. I got arguments. Okay. Can I talk? Can't wait. 
Okay, so just about, I'll just throw this out there, that about the Proof of God book itself. He says that he can prove the existence of God in mathematically with 80 symbols. 80 symbols or less, but the bulk of the book is explaining those symbols. Then once you understand what each symbol means, the equation, he said, is as clear as day. He said Lawrence Krauss would start jumping up and down. He has he say. run this by Lawrence Krauss or anybody else? Or has he just read it himself over and over again and said, yep, that's going to convince everybody? Uh, he's spent several years working on it, but it's not uh, Yeah, but has, it, he, but has he run it by anyone else besides you? He didn't. I didn't get to see the book. He's ran oh. it by his wife, and she says he can explain everything. I mean, she was a psychology professor. Okay. I'm still but, confused about where this is going <laughs> today. Oh, yeah. We should just. You should just uh, put up the argument. Can I just? Can I just talk? I'll just talk about what he said in person that mm-hmm. you can assess. But yourself. if if okay, I, I'm okay with that. But we're not just going to hear about like he's got a book coming out about symbols, right? There's going to be something substantial. Yes, there's okay. content. Just, okay. Yeah, there's content. There's dialogue. Okay. Uh, um, so I'll I'll just say certain highlights that we talked about. The one thing when I talked with his wife, she said that he if he died today, she could spend the rest of her life publishing everything he has written. He's got thousands upon thousands of pages on every subject from computer science to economics. Hey, this is irrelevant. Can we get to the relevant part? I have a master's in computer science, (laughs) and nobody has ever referenced the work of Chris Langan to to learn any kind of technique. So I don't know what he's publishing on computer science. He's going to put it all out there, one day, and it'll be irrefutable. I said, but okay. Wow. I asked him, so how, I, I was asking him, okay, because uh, I was like moving my hand to gesture, you know, objective empirical data. How can you prove the existence of God mathematically? And he says he's had certain spiritual experiences. And, oh, uh, so, that's not mathematical proof. Yeah, that doesn't sound like mathematical proof at all. He, so... Okay, so Can he I, I cause other to, people to have these spiritual experiences? That would be useful. Well, some pastors yes. do that. Yes, his work explains how they can happen, how one can attain this kind of thing. It has to do with the mapping between God and secondary images of God. Can I do it now? And, uh, the, the stronger that well, you, the stronger that mapping grows, these things become possible because reality is like a mind. And so the more you believe it, the so, more you're inclined to have that experience. <laughs> no, the more you strive for truth, the <laughs> more you believe more, it. He, he says he says God can completely take over and inhabit a person's consciousness. Oh, so I, if that so, happens. I'm, so, I'm less interested in talking about what he says and right. talking to you about what it is that you understand that you believe about it that we th- that would be significant. Yeah, right now it all it just sounds like you're name dropping. I want to hear if you have like an argument. Y- yes, uh, okay. I okay. well, I my uh, this is my argument. Uh, what I want to do is just share some of the highlights of our conversation and then if you if people find it interesting, they can look into it because like I say, the proofs themselves haven't been published. But 
if they think what he has to say is insightful, they might want to look into it. I want to know what you have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. I will. I'll tell you. So I'll just say okay. when I first met him, I, he they, says... I don't care dude, about Chris Langan anymore. Yeah, let, you, you Just talk start to us. giving the argument. Tell okay, us what well, you first think. Off, here's how his theory... Okay, here's how the theory, the general idea of the theory. Science has a problem... The, the problems of science are induction, so the way around that is logic, is what his theory is. What argues. do you mean by problem? Well, the problem of induction is the idea that we can't know anything beyond what we observe for sure. Beyond okay, the use, collected stuff that a lot of people observe and correlate sure with each other. I'm not sure that I can know what I observe for sure. That, that too. Well, that's the only way you can know reality is by what you can perceive. If but I've perceived things can, before that were wrong. I've, I've gone to magic shows and seen a woman sawn in half, and I know I didn't see that. Sure, but, I mean, that's what well, science is. that's not what you actually is. saw, then. That's not what you actually saw. You right. didn't see a woman get cut in half if that's not what happened. Right, you but you're talking to, that's my perception, happened. though. That's my observation. Yeah, but, I mean, I think the point is valid that you have to perceive something the, in order to find it out. But, that doesn't okay, prove so that it actually happened. Maybe I misunderstood. The only way truth Kant is relevant is if it conforms to mental categories of your mind, because without that, you can't know anything. If it doesn't conform to mental categories. Okay. Sure, but you have to understand You it agree to, that to be able things can be, still be true without anybody knowing them, right? I mean, truth claims are about stuff that happens outside your mind. I be, yes, we, but... But what I'm saying is, is that you can use, because truth always conforms to logic, you can use logic to prove things you haven't seen yet. Yeah, you can also and, and then, use, I mean, if you use logic on faulty premises, you can also yeah. use it to prove things that are actually false. Even if you prove something via logic, you still have to verify it. There are a lot of things I, that... But I think that you can get to the bottom of everything with logic. I think well, you, you would still have to verify it. No, wait. I mean, the, one of the foundational principles of science is that it's not the same thing as pure math. Like, it has to no, but uh, have some basis in observation. Could... You can't just reason yeah. stuff into existence yes. without bringing yes, in... You're, yes, you're, right. you're correct about one thing, that science is about observation, but you're mm -hmm. wrong when you say that theories, not, all scientific theories conform to mathematical and logical properties. All theories have mathematical equations... Which are correlated by observed facts. Yes, but they, but the facts, but we don't understand the facts if, if we can't understand the abstract reasoning behind it. Like, for instance, Newton's right. law, F equals MA. F mm -hmm. equals MA is an abstract concept, but we can understand it because of the math behind it. We know what's happening because we can make predictions from the logic, the math of the theory. The logic is the only thing that makes scientific theories relevant. Without F equals MA... Okay. Yes, so it is a combination of logic and observation but, that makes yeah, science yeah. But scientific in that facts. Same way of it, right. Yes, but in that same way of certainty we have with F equals MA, mm -hmm. with math, you can prove God with the same kind of certainty. Because truth is, has a property. In his okay. theory, truth is something that it corresponds to real. If it's false, then it's unreal. It's not included in reality. It can't ever be observed. Anything that is in reality is truth by nature of it being real. Okay. So so that's what I'm saying. You, you can, so, with, if you get to the me. bottom of it, you can use logic to Go prove on. God with certainty that same way. You, you, How? 
Go. And we're waiting. Okay, here's how. Here's how. So God, the logical properties that are ascribed to God, if, if they can be shown to be a part of the reality that we exist in, then you can prove God that way because those properties are what describe God. Therefore, that's, you can observe God if you can observe these logical properties. You can prove that they're a part of reality. By... Give me an example. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not with you right now. Okay. Uh, well, first off, let's just... I, I, I want to uh, give a, a clear, definite definition, descriptive definition of God. Okay. I would love that. Actually, there are several kinds uh, from his theory. I'll just name the four most prominent. So one of the definitions that makes it clear is that God is the ultimate reality. He's the that ultimate reality. That means nothing to me. It means he's wait, the highest. Wait, wait. Form of so existence. if God it wait, means, wait, means, wait a minute. If God is the ultimate reality, then it sounds like by <laughs> definition he's real because he's what the word reality is used for to describe some him. Sort of okay, meaningful attributes that we argument. can check for. I want to make my argument with that definition. If it, so, if we define God as the ultimate reality, <laughs> this is the same as saying that we I, can develop a theory. I don't see how you can make an argument out of that because a, I don't really know what ultimate reality means, and b, I don't. Except that you, I would I, call it a God me, if it was. But you need to let me explain it. You don't okay. know, but I'm, that's my what I'm trying to explain. So if for something to be the ultimate reality, it is the highest form of existence. In fact, it is the only form of existence. What, what, what would Which, be a mid-range <laughs> form of existence? <laughs> there is no mid-range. It's, it's, there is no well, mid-range. Well, then how can there be a highest? So then you're just saying God is reality. You're, I don't yes, think you need yes, the extra qualifiers. Okay, so then that so, would be pantheism. So if we accept your premise that God is real, then no, God it, is it's real. it's pantheism to say that God is everything. But I got more than one definition. The other definition is that God is the greatest source of power and knowledge that exists. But wait, how many gods are we talking about here? One God, one God. But then how are we having different definitions of the one God? Because there's more than one way to describe God. I think God but these is are the attributes internet. then. These aren't definitions yes, of God. These are attributes. But but the first one isn't even really an attribute. What you're saying though is he's God is reality, and if we can prove reality exists, therefore God. I mean, that's ridiculous. No, that's not my argument. That's, that's But that's what you argument. said earlier was that if we can prove that these attributes exist in reality, then we'll know that God is true. And that means that God is real. And then you went on to use your first definition was that God is reality. I mean, that's how can you lose? No, the, the argument is once you prove God, you can then show that he's the ultimate reality. Then you can show that... But all you've already... No, 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 wait a minute. You, you said that he had these attributes. You defined God as <laughs> yeah, ultimate reality. You can't prove something but, and then use wait, it to wait, prove wait its own definition. Tell me what I misunderstood, because I thought you said earlier... That God has these kinds of attributes, and that if we can if we can prove those attributes in reality, that's what is claiming? Yes. Okay. Yes, if we can, it, and then and then the first attribute you listed was reality. That's what he. But that's what. No, 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 no. I said the first definition of God is that He's the ultimate reality. I not. Well, what are these attributes then that we need to look for in reality? Okay, so that's. I'm saying that's how you can prove God. That's what he's going to demonstrate. I, it's not my work. But so I he hasn't demonstrated can... it to you. So what are we doing that today? Is... <laughs> like, 
No, he will when he publishes all of Well, then why don't okay. we wait till the book is published can and we, then talk about so it? Actually, that goes back to my first question. Can we have a time frame? Because yeah. I, I when, want when to know <laughs> when, no, uh, when we're going to shut down the show. It, within a year or two. A year or two. Guaranteed. Okay, well, can you call us back then? But I just want to explain some general premises of how you can get to the bottom of things with logic and then prove God with logic. That's what I want to explain. But how many of these definitions do we have? Do you know, this, this isn't about a definition of God. This is how you can prove God with logic. Right, but you you're going through the definitions, and I'm just trying to right. figure out time-wise how long we have to go here. Right. Also, I mean, every time you've given us a definition, you've basically just said, now just accept the definition and we'll move on. Like, no, no, I don't no. know I did not that... say just... I want to prove... I just want to talk about logic right now, not okay. definitions of God. Just All logic. right, but... Can I just make it clear here? I reject your definition of God being ultimate reality. Okay, why is that? I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think it's coherent. Yeah, I don't understand what would be an ultimate reality no, but versus there has like to be, but yeah. the thing a is, regular there has reality, to be a highest form of reality, low grade reality. I don't know. There has to be an ultimate reality, though. There has to be. Um, well, what is ultimate about okay, it? Okay. I would define ultimate reality as the set of all things which are true. I wouldn't define yes. that as God. Okay. I but wouldn't call what, that what would be God. the difference between that and reality? That, I, if you want to throw in ultimate, it's like ultimate Spider-Man is drawn in a different art style than regular Spider-Man. But can you guys <laughs> let me explain myself? Can I explain myself? <laughs> I don't yeah. know this if you can ultimate. or not, but you're welcome to try. The, the medium, okay, the medium of the entire of which holds the entire universe the medium which would hold all universes that would be god i don't even know because if you what that would i mean i don't you, know you're the you did the physics work you because you, you do it how far back can you go <laughs> undergraduate if you take away if you take away dark matter if you take away everything that's observable or immaterial how far back could you go it, the the final that what would end the regress is God. That's what ultimate reality means. There's no existence outside of it. Wait, so you take reality and you remove everything real, basically. Yes, you would get back to God <laughs> at the, if, once you've removed everything. Sounds that's, to me like God like, is nothing. It, that's exactly what you just said. I said, I Which said is nothing. weird. I said, the, that makes sense. If there, the only thing there can be is God, even if you take away everything else. That to say instead of there's nothing, like what would there be outside of the universe? It wouldn't be nothing. It would be God instead of nothing. Because you defined it that way. You said if you take That's everything the, away. Yeah, just say, okay. That what, there's a God. What would be there if you take away all the universes? What would be there? The argument is it would be God. Because what makes you be think that you could take everything away? Well, how, what makes that's, you think that's even possible? <clears throat> well, there has to be a basis of like the most base form of why does there have to be that? Because there is, because there's a consistent medium that we can observe, like in the night sky, the entire universe. There's a basis okay. medium. I have a question: what, Do you or Chris Langan think that God is sentient? I mean, does yes. it have intelligence? Yes. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't see why. The idea, 
the idea is, okay, here's why. Because intelligence, for intelligence to be able to be evolved into human beings, the medium of which the universe consists that humans evolve through has to contain intelligence. Otherwise, we couldn't evolve it. It can't just come from nothing. No, it comes from an in- intelligence intelli- is patterns in matter. You take away matter and you don't have anything else intelligent I was actually going to ask you, I've of. never seen anything that would I would call intelligence that wasn't connected to material reality. Never. Have you ever seen an example but of that? But all of reality is a material. It's immaterial. What is space? What is gravity? What is... What is dark matter? It's not in a material universe. It's an immaterial universe. What is the quantum wave? It's an immaterial thing. It's an abstract. So now you're abstract. saying material doesn't exist. They do, but it's ultimate. It, there's, there's also immaterial aspects, and intelligence is one of them. What do you. See, and I don't know okay. enough about patterns exist. If material be, and immaterial are physics terms. Are we terms talking or what? about patterns in material? Okay, but if you're okay, if you're just talking about intelligence, for it to be able to evolve in creatures like us, it already mm-hmm. has to exist in no. the universe. No, why do you That's say that? Then where did it come from? Then how did it come into being? We we created intelligence. That's like saying that in order for food to exist, food or in material, food has to already exist without material. Like it doesn't mean anything. No, it would say that material already has to exist. I don't know why you're separating intelligence from but everything else. You took else away the material. You said that God because is I'm the stuff when you take away all universe. the material. I'm saying it's an intelligent universe. So okay. everything I reject is that. Yeah, Convince I would me. have to too. Like you think that rocks are intelligent? That's the that's the lowest uh, form. Those are objects that aren't conscious, but consciousness. They're not conscious, but, but they're intelligent. They they come out of an intelligent universe. But they're not intelligent, so it's a it's also a you know, non-intelligent universe. But the great okay, the great physicist uh, general. Uh, the, I don't care uh, about names. Uh, general Wheeler, Just tell me what you think. We we may someday have to discover that uh, redefine what a who is. There might be more to consciousness than we we understand. Yeah, there might right be, now. but right now we can't talk about what we don't know. So I, we, we can. We that's what science. <laughs> you can't talk can. about what don't you don't. Know. Yeah. Well, that's. I, I. You cannot talk about what you don't know. I, you can. That's exactly what science explores. What it doesn't know. It explores the unknown and it discovers, right? And makes known. I'm saying. But you can't okay, talk I'm about what you don't, don't know. Right. But you can't make you, definitive claims about can, stuff you don't know. You can with logic, though. You can because logic's <laughs> absolute. You can't know anything. Everything conforms to the rules of logic. That's how you can prove anything. Logic without you, observation still has to isn't be verified. science. Yeah, even if it's logical, logic, it still has to be verified. Right. I mean, the, there is such a thing as pure math, but the thing about pure math is that it's mainly concerned with tautologies. Like, the reason that you can prove things with pure logic is because you are proving things that are the same as themselves. It doesn't have a referent in the, in the tangible world. But the thing is, the oh, way you does. find out if there's an error in your reasoning is by testing. Because right. you like may you can... have an error in there, and the only way to know that yeah, is that to verify. Data, but that data that, is, that you look at to see if it constitutes an Constitutes an error is going to be mathematical. It's it's going to be no. It's also going to be based on observation. No, it's not going to make claims about reality. 
then you should be able to test it in reality. Right. Like, I mean, if you, you live before though. if you live before airplanes, you can theorize about stuff like you know Bernoulli principle and and wind resistance right. but and, you're still talking about and how to know. get something up in the air. Yeah. But all that theorizing doesn't come to anything if you are not able to get something off the ground. Like there has to right. be proof of concept at some point. Exactly. Right. But the only way we were able to invent airplanes is with logic. And testing. Yes, but we were never going to be able to make it. We were never going to be able to pass the test right. without so, understanding like I said, logic to make the Both he, he logic agree, he and yeah. observation logic are necessary. Russell I'm agrees. not excluding one or the other. It sounds like you're saying logic all by itself is fine. That's what Aristotle thought, and he was wrong. Uh, I'm saying the entire universe... Okay, in his theory, the entire universe comes out of something called an unbound telesis, uh-huh. which is... Which, which is a realm that is uh, basically anything's possible, potential free. But to anything to come out of it, it has to conform to logic. Is it possible okay. that what, there's something in there that's impossible? No, anything. Then anything is not possible, possible. right? Because no, it's any, not no. possible that there's something in there that's impossible. So we just proved that it, no, that any, there's an impossibility in there. No, no, no. Unbound telesis is a realm where anything. Is possible. It's free from okay. Is it a realm where it's possible that something is impossible? No. Then it, then not everything is possible there. There's. No, I just named definition. something that's not possible there. Say that again. Is it possible in this realm that there is something that is impossible? Is it possible in this in realm, this that, realm there's that there's something that is impossible? No. Then there is something in the realm that is impossible. I just named it. It's impossible for there to be something that's impossible. No, because it's free of any constraint. (laughs) So anything that's conceivable... So then something in there could be impossible. If it's free of any constraint, then it must be possible that something is impossible or else there's something that's impossible for that realm. Okay, fine. Then we can consider that to be possible. But whatever comes out of it is conforms to the rules of logic. It's it's freedom balanced by constraint. Okay. Basically How do you know this realm is, exists? Basically unbound telesis is the stuff that God is made of. How do you know it exists? I, I mean, okay, let's say I grant that that's the stuff that God is made of. Is there any of that stuff in the universe? The, yeah, everything's made of telesis. How do you know? And uh, and he, how come nobody it. outside of Chris it. Langan somebody, seems to have caught on to this fact? It. Like, he, how he come we're waiting it. for Chris Langan to publish this thing? Why is it that in a couple thousand years of discovery, people haven't noticed that this telesis stuff is everywhere? Well, it sounds to me like this will be resolved in two years. So sure. I think yeah, we should call just, us back you know, in two years and, and, uh, publish and I'll tell just us. say one more thing. Right? One more thing. Because you say, like, how is it possible that no one's discovered it? He said he's seen just about everything that a man can see. Wow. <laughs> That's what he claimed. I'm just saying, it's the, you look for that, because it's coming. Maybe Chris Langan is God. He must have, because I'll say, as far as <laughs> I know, he hasn't seen apparently. me. So. Well, our mind is definitely has power, because it, uh, we all have power, individual aspects of God in our mind. 
That's the claim. Okay. Well, I look forward. Uh, call me back when Chris Langan's book is I published. Will. I will. I will. All right. Good luck. Bye. I want to just interject. Wee. I don't think people understand that. It's like if, if there were a resolution and the show did end, I would get my Sundays back. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> cry, you know? This oh, come on. You know you don't have to do this. You like it. I don't have to do it. I feel like it's a necessary thing right now. But if it wasn't necessary anymore, I would be happy and I would t- I would sleep in and just, like, chill on Sundays <laughs> and spend the afternoons gardening. Like, that's what I would be doing. Mm. <laughs> um. Yeah, that thing you said uh, about whether it's possible for impossible things to exist, um, I just want to mention... No, no, I wasn't saying that they should exist, but he said in this realm, everything is possible. Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean... I don't think uh, that's possible then. One of the things that happened in the early half of uh, of the last century, which is one of those things that computer science geeks (laughs) like to study, um, is that... A lot of people used to think that the world must be expressible through pure math. And then uh, somebody, I mean, I know Bertrand Russell popularized it, but I can't remember if he came up with it in the first place. He might have, but it was basically, um, you know, uh, can we have a set of all the sets that don't contain themselves? Which is, uh, you know, which is the basic formulation of Russell's paradox. Um, and a lot of people thought it was trivially obvious that uh, there must be mathematical systems that can completely define the way the universe works. Um, and the thing that, that, that was something that Russell's paradox and also Gödel's theorem uh, threw into question because there were all sorts of these edge cases where there were contradictory statements that had to exist within any completely defined mathematical system. And so basically what happened is computer scientists gave up. They just said basically any mathmat, like provably any mathematical system we, uh, we can come up with can at most be good enough. It can, de- it can describe most things but leave some stuff out or it will have to have contradictions well, in it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing when you get into these omnis, right? Once right. you get into the omnis, you're, you're stepping into, impo- like, it's territory where you're going to have a contradiction. Mm-hmm. There is a contradiction in there. You just have to find it. And when someone says everything is possible, right. to me, the first question is, is it possible that there's something that's impossible? Yeah, and, 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 and there's they'll, no they'll answer wind that. up hedging like, oh, everything that's logically possible is possible. And it's like, well, that's Yeah, so <laughs> then it's, they hedge. start limiting the omni. And, right. and that's ha- what has to happen because an omni is where you get into the to like crazy weirdness. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, are we going to go with another theist right away? <laughs> I don't care. Might as well. You don't people care. love it. All right, some people love it. <laughs> Matthew in New York. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hello, Good. howdy, Matthew. Um, yeah, so uh, jumping right into it, I had a question. There's this thing on the Internet that's uh, been getting a lot of buzz lately called the Mandela Effect. I was wondering if either of you have heard of it by any chance. I haven't. Not Why don't you tell me, tell me what you think is significant about it? Uh, in short, it's a simulation theory. Um, but I could, I guess, try to demonstrate, uh, demonstrate it with some questions if you'd like. Uh, I, I heard you talking about Star Wars earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, first off, uh, right off rip, uh, not everybody is experiencing it, but you might be. Uh, one way to find out is through asking certain questions. Uh, one uh, example of a Mandela effect is uh, that famous quote that uh, Darth Vader said to Luke. Uh, how do you remember that that quote going? Darth Vader has a lot of quotes. You're going to have to be more specific. Uh, the I am your father quote. How do oh. you remember that one? Search your feelings, you know it to be true? Is that what you're going for? Uh, after that. <laughs> Can you just say the uh, line? <laughs> I'm not that well, big no, of a I, fan. I, I, so. I wasn't sorry, expecting I'm, movie trivia. <laughs> sorry, I was testing your memory. I, I, I was trying not <laughs> to say the line so I could hear your memory of the line. Uh, yeah, but I don't I'm, know I'm what line the, you mean. So uh, right do before it. the right right before he says I'm your father, what does he say? Uh, like the whole quote. Oh, uh, Darth Vader did not. I did not kill your father. I am your father. Or are we going earlier? Uh, well, some people remember it, Luke. I am your father, and uh, other people remember it. No, I am your father. Uh, that's why I was asking. Um, well, yeah, because it's been Another, portrayed and, and, like, mocked on many, many different programs. And yeah, things, like, so. things things get memefied, yeah. and then people misremember the but also, quote because I mean, also, they've seen if, it the wrong way But also, if you're saying that we don't remember things precisely, I think we'll agree with you. I mean, I, I think that right. me and Russell would be on board with that. Memory is flawed. Well, yeah, no, yeah I, I would definitely say that memory is flawed. That definitely plays a huge, huge part in it. Uh, I, well, actually, the reason I was asking about the Mandela effect is because I had a question that tied to that, and it was... Um, if simulation theory in some way turned out to be provable or true, would that somehow in any way affect your uh, belief in God? Uh, I guess if there's a code, uh, how do you feel about the idea of a programmer? Do you I, think that it would be any different, like in your head, than like a genetic code? Probably not mm-hmm. too much. So does the genetic code then convince you that there's something like a god or do you think that it's just simply a a way of looking at um, something uh well i guess do you see genetic code like language because i do personally language happens too i guess we have language there's an analogy there but that doesn't mean it's the same thing but there is language Uh, that did you know that did um come to exist as well that has evolved so I'm not sure that I understand. I don't. I don't think that right. language proves I mean, God. There's lots of good analogies there. And do you think well, the I fact that it, people you... communicate proves God, or or do you think the fact that other animals communicate, or that I can communicate with a dog, does that? I mean, I'm kind of confused about how that would impact the existence of God. Uh, well, I guess you can't use uh, language without uh, logic. Well, and sure. I, I think, well, you can. You can say things that are irrational, for example. So, uh, it, to make sure I understand you, you're saying, like, if it turns out that we're in the Matrix and everything is a simulation, then would we think that there's a creator? I would say it would still have to be uh, verified. I mean, and then my next question is, a creator of the simulation or of the people simulating? Or because in the simulation, I mean, I mean, in in the Matrix, evil robots created the simulation. So, but I wouldn't say that they are godlike. They're kind of dicks. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. And I guess for I me, guess... It, it would be an interesting question. But I I think that in the end, I would still need that 
we would have to verify, right? So it's like even if people thought that, even if people said someone must have built this simulation, I would be still in the point where I'd say, okay, so how do we how do we investigate that question? How do we demonstrate that that assumption is correct, right? I mean, it's it's still at the hypothesis phase, right, where you've got this. Um, what you're, you, let's be generous and say it's an educated guess that we have a, something that seems to, appears to be a simulation, and so maybe there's someone that built this simulation, and my question would be, okay, well, there's your hypothesis. Now, how do we go about testing that, right? No, I, I yeah, I agree with you. I, okay. I agree with that. Um, that's not far-fetched. Um, I guess, and then another way to look at it, too, would be, uh, do you investigate, I guess, the programmer or the language, which is more relevant? I think it would be fair if we found out that that existed to investigate anything. I think it would be worth investigating probably every aspect of it. Don't All you? right. Well, um, <laughs> probably, yeah. And I honestly, on the spot, I don't have any type of way to do that over the phone. So I don't either. Yeah, um, I, I think if the universe is coded, then it would be a great benefit to try to figure out if there are any cheat codes. <laughs> How do I get rich quick? Yeah. <laughs> God totally. <laughs> Actually, walk through will, uh, all seems like yeah. a cool one. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, if somebody came up with something that made it, you know, that, that was like, hey, I think this is there, I would be the first one to say, hey, go investigate it. Go go find out what you can find out and come back to us with results. Right. Of, of course, the really cool <laughs> thing is if I did find a legitimate cheat code in reality, it should be child's play to demonstrate it to somebody else. Ooh, like, that would be, that's a good thought. Like, wow. like I mean, this would be super easy to prove. This is almost like an episode <laughs> of Black Mirror yeah. that we're getting into here. <laughs> like, uh, I found the code, and well, then you actually, start messing with it, and, yeah, reality's changing, <laughs> and, yeah. Actually, that's why I brought up the Mandela effect, because there's a lot of talk of uh, quantum computers and uh, CERN surrounding it, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about how to prove any of that. I mean, what that, do um, quantum computers I mean, it have might to... be true. I, I mean, I can huh? tell you what a little bit about what quantum computers are about, but they have nothing to do with spirituality or uh, or gods. Like, I don't see what that has to do with anything. Would they generate codes? The quantum computers are like know. every computer represents ones and zeros through the electrical state of a circuit. And okay. the idea of a quantum computer is that basically it would somehow use uh, subatomic particles, which can be simultaneously in one state or another. So it can do lots and lots of computations really quickly. Okay. It, so it's that's like, the bottom line. It, like it, It's like that book, right, with the... With the guy who's like the mice running the planet, and right, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, the, the Earth. <laughs> no, but I mean, what's cool about quantum computers is that real computers take a, a certain amount of time to figure stuff out, and a quantum computer, in principle, could do everything simultaneously, which would make it super fast. And so people are worried that like passwords that are strongly encrypted could be cracked in seconds. And so it would kind of ruin uh, computer security. If it works. And if I they mean, shrank yeah. it and you could wear it on your wrist, right. that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> but, I mean, somebody I would mean, still yeah, have to program it. They're not magical. They're just um, using some, some physical I think properties. we're just having fun now, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this is real stuff. It's yeah, worth no, reading I, I mean, I appreciate the question. Was there something else, though? I think you made it sound like that was kind of a first node 
no, I was just going to say, you know, thank you for taking my question. Yeah, these are real ideas. They're interesting. Honestly, I lean uh, probably, I would say, more towards uh, agnostic. I'm not really sure what to yeah. believe in. I, I mean, but I, 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 I mean, if I, I know I have it listed there, uh, I'm a theist. Uh, if I do consider myself ever a theist, um, I'm usually just being a little bit tongue in cheek and saying that I believe that nothing is God, but um, <laughs> I agree. I'm just trying to skip yeah. to the front of the line. <laughs> no, I, Speaking I, of cheat codes. Yeah. No, that, I mean, I understand what you're saying, Matthew. I, that's the thing. It's like, for me, all of these questions, that's what they amount to is questions. And when, when somebody finally gets to it and comes up with an answer, and it's funny because, you know, a lot of, I, I feel a little bit bad because when people call in and you're just like, look, you're going to have to demonstrate this. And there have been things that I've read about where people have had to come up with ways to demonstrate ideas that they had where in my mind I know that if I was the person that had the idea it would never be demonstrated because I would never have thought up the way to demonstrate it like these other people did (laughs) so I get that devising testing is a skill right it's not something that a lot of people just have on the fly and I'm certainly not good at it I mean there's I'm, I'm always blown away when people come up with like a really clever way to test a thing and I'm just like wow that's genius like i don't know you know maybe it wasn't genius but to me it's like genius um and so it's it's real difficult i get it but the problem is if if everyone is like me and nobody can devise the test the solution is not to then say well then i guess we just have to decide to believe it or you know it's like no you don't have to make that decision you can wait until we give rise to a human being who comes up with a way to test for it. And once you have that verification, then you can, we can know. And so we don't have to, there's no point, there's, there's no point in trying to force yourself to make decisions about things that you don't need to decide about that really can wait for better evidence. And I think it's sad because I believe that in some religions they've figured this out. And so what they do is they come up with horror stories to try to scare people into making that decision early, right? Prematurely. Mm-hmm. And they say, Oh, you'll go, you'll die and go to hell. So if you don't figure this out before you die and oh my gosh, you could be hit by a truck tomorrow. So you had better, you know, come to Jesus now. These are. These you are just pressure spoiled tactics. the ending of God's Not Dead. I've never seen it. Oh, you should. <laughs> no, so I, now I know. You like spoilers. <laughs> yeah. that, that's I don't how like it ends. spoilers. Well, anyway, the uh, but the point is, it's it's a sales pressure tactic, right? It's like, oh, you you're thinking of buying this car and you're going to go home and think about it. Well, there was another couple here <laughs> earlier that was very interested, <laughs> and I think they just called and. You know, and so it's this way of making somebody make a decision about something because you know that you don't want them to think about it too much or take too much time or wait on this. Now, I don't think that the people putting pressure necessarily know that's what they're doing. I think that maybe they do believe that, hey, that other couple is going to come back and buy this car and I'm doing you a favor to tell you that so that you can, you know, take advantage of it now. Um, so they probably don't understand that they're using terror to like coerce people to believe in God, but that's what they're doing. Oh no, yeah, it's it's awful, and it, that's uh, one of the uh, biggest downfalls uh, I've noticed of uh, a lot of people calling on the show. Uh, they they don't realize that when they make a statement, a thesis, a claim that it has to be proven. You're saying right. this equals yeah. that. Yeah, like you you're using 
some line of logic. Well, sure, yeah, but I'm glad that they do that. Like, I, I at least respect that a little more than people who make these weird, vague claims that can't be discussed one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. Well, well thanks, yeah, Matthew. Really brave. Okay. Appreciate your call. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, glad yep. you could call. Have a good Sunday. You too. Thanks. Uh, I think we have a Christian YouTuber on the line somewhere down, but I'm going to do a palate cleanser and uh, take one atheist caller today. You're the host. Okay. Zach in Utah. Hello. Hello, Hello. Zach. Hi, Russell. Hi, Tracy. How Hello. are you? Good. How are you thank doing? you. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I am a little nervous, but uh, uh, I love your guys' show. Um, love what you do. So thank you for that. Sure. Thank you. So um, I just wanted to give a little prelude, just real quick prelude to my question. Um, I have, uh, I mean, I've had a bit of a rough going in my life. I've, I lost one brother when I was 12 years old, and I lost mm. another brother due to alcoholism and depression from my first brother's death at the age of 17. And I've, I've been more of an agnostic or pantheist at first, um, and I, I, I always used to look at it like um, I'm going to see them after I die, mm. and, and it really helped me cope with it. Mm -hmm. But um, kind of going forward, I, I, I've been really skeptical of that view and just kind of looking at it. Um, and I, I kind of want to get your guys' experience or um, like how you guys cope with death or how an atheist uh, typically copes with death, especially since there's no idea of an afterlife. And so, yeah. I, I think uh, a lot of uh, atheist ceremonies that I've seen that deal with the death of a loved one mainly center around a couple of things, which is, one, it's okay to grieve and be sad for your loss and acknowledge that is a real thing. And two, to kind of remember that person's life and how they affected you and other people and keep them in your mind and celebrate the way that they impacted the world. And maybe that's not as good or satisfying as telling yourself that they're still alive out there in some other dimension, but, mm -hmm. but it's real and it's a way that people can share the experience and deal with their feelings, I think. Tracy? Okay. I don't really have much to add. I've never been particularly affected by death, and so I feel like I'm unqualified to talk about the question. Hmm. Because Tracy okay. is a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because um, you know, I, I, I used to keep looking at it, like, um, like I said, about um, always seeing them. And, you know, I, I just know, you know my parents are getting older, and, you know, sometime in the future, they're going to yeah. pass away. and or, or maybe one of my friends might die. You know, you, you just never know what comes up. But, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm growing more and more skeptical of the idea of an afterlife. And I'm really kind of uh, concerned of how I'd be able to cope with their death if that were to happen, if, if they were to strike me soon or later. And yeah, so, I've, I've had several losses which which made me really sad i mean i've i've lost all of my grandparents and uh several pets 
And there are a lot of people who are famous figures who had a lot of impact on me. I was very sad when Douglas Adams died, for instance. He was one of my favorite authors. And mm-hmm. I, about 10 years ago, I started thinking a lot about my own uh, eventual death and also my parents who will die sooner than me, and I care for them a lot. And I started worrying about it and dreaming about it a lot, and it kind of reinforced the idea that I shouldn't wait until they're gone, but say stuff to them now that I would want to say when they're gone. And my parents are both non-believers, basically, so they're realistic about the situation. My father right now is not in the greatest of health, and he's very open about talking about things like his estate and reflections on his life and and knowing that he's going to be gone eventually and we can talk to each other about you know I can tell him I'll miss you and stuff like that so I'd encourage you to do that for a start and to maybe write some of these feelings down if if you have that kind of relationship with your parents yeah for sure and yeah, I, 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 I'd say I have a pretty good relationship, so that wouldn't be too much of a problem. Yeah. And um, uh, other than that, I, I did want to maybe connect it to what you guys first talked about at the beginning of the show, um, kind of like how you, you get this bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I, 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 think, I think it's kind of absurd as well because, I I mean, when, when I first heard my brother got in a car accident, of course I had a bad feeling that he sure bit my first brother. Um you know, I, I knew, you know, he was, he was not well, but it's, I, I think it's really absurd to say I, I had this superstitious feeling. I had this like little tinge and like spider senses that, right. mm-hmm. you know, he, he was, that he was dying. And I, I would just really find that absurd. And same with my other brother. It was, it was, it was a much different process, but it's, you know, when, when he actually died, it, it, it never really came up. It, and, I heard just a lot of superstitious crap, especially at the funeral, saying I, I felt it as soon as I lost it. But it's like, eh, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I don't believe it. I just don't believe that kind of kind of thing happens. Yeah. So, but yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, I get yeah. like a kind of a, a momentary thing, I guess. Like the, I don't. I've never. I just have never been that I've never been that impacted by the death of like a human being. Um, I did, and this I didn't want to. It's like I almost feel weird talking about it because I don't want to minimize what you're describing or minimize people's deaths of you know other people yeah. that they love. The only deaths mm-hmm. that really impacted me were like when I lost my cats, mm-hmm. and yeah. that would be just like I would be sobbing because I had to make these horrible decisions about like you know, to put them down, you know, and it was like not easy to, but that to me is less about the impact of the death as it is the impact of having to, first of all, there's an obligation to that, to that animal because you've taken on responsibility for taking care of it. And now you're in a situation where there's something wrong and you have to make a decision as to whether or not to keep them alive in a situation that might be less than optimal or to put them down and, you know, basically have somebody kill them. 
And to me, that's always yeah. like a, a rough dilemma to have to deal with. I've done it several times yeah. and I know I can do it, but I will be like sobbing when I have to do that. But then I go home and it's like I clean up all the stuff and put their things away and the next day they're gone. Right. And so mm. it takes me about 30 days of a funk until I want a new cat. And when it comes yeah. to human beings, I don't know, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of this has to do with how people are raised and how they are taught to bond or not taught to bond. Um, and I know that for me, like I had a favorite cousin and when uh, we found out, we had advance notice that she was going to die. She had uh, aggressive breast cancer that was diagnosed late uh, so that they knew that there was no, uh, there was no chance that she was going to survive it. And when we found that out, I was able to, we were long distance. And so I was able to start calling her more frequently. We did call and chat like occasionally, but I started calling and chatting with her like on a weekly basis. And we touched base like every week. And I remember one conversation where I said to her, you know, I probably don't need to say this, but you are probably the one person in my life who has impacted me the most, like in your example of how to live life and you know, how, just how you look at things and how brave you are and just you're, you've never done anything out of fear and you've always been willing to just take that step and do whatever you wanted to do. And you're just been a, like a complete inspiration to me ever since I was a teenager and could understand like the things you did with your life. And I just, mm-hmm. in my mind, I felt like I'm sure she knows this, but she just didn't even answer for like a minute. And then she said, I had no idea. And I was like, oh, I'm yeah. so glad I told you, <laughs> right? I mean, even though she basically okay. took it with her to the grave, um, I felt good knowing that she was aware of that, right? And so um, after she died, I, di- I, it's, I don't mean, that, please don't think this sounds callous, but I never missed her. And what happened was every time I would think of her, I would just smile and I would think, I feel so lucky that I had a person like that in my life. Like, I'm so happy that I knew her and that I was able to just pick up a phone and call her. And she, I mean, they said that when she, when they had her funeral, people came in from all over the world and just, they said it was just packed. And I didn't go, but I remember thinking that doesn't surprise me. And I just was so excited to have been one of those people that knew her. And I, that feeling always was the primary feeling. It wasn't ever like, I'm never going to be able to talk to her again. All I think about is all the great conversations we had, you know, and that I, I'm just so happy that I had them and, you know, that, I don't know. I, so for me, it's always been sort of celebratory if it's someone that I really, really liked. Um, and if it's someone that, you know, like both my parents died in close proximity in the same year, but I wasn't that close to them. Um, I, we weren't wow. estranged or anything, you know, I called them and every couple of years I would go and visit, but it, it didn't really impact me. I didn't go home for the funerals and I, um, just, it, it was here nor there. Uh, and that was pretty recent as well, but I just, it, that doesn't hit me like, um, I don't know. I, I it, the, you know, there's been a few times where I've had like surreal experiences with death, like someone died that I met the night before. So it's like I literally was introduced to them, spent an evening with them, and the next day they died in an unexpected yeah. way. And that really hit me for a loop, but it was the the shock value of that. You know what I mean? The idea that this person that yeah. I just talked to is gone? Like, But the idea of like long-term grief, I feel sorry 
you know, that people experience it. And I'm not the type of person that's just like, oh, get over it. I don't understand. It's like, you know, I, I feel bad that people go through that. Um, but I have a difficult time, you know, really feeling for that. It's, it's like, um, mm. I have a hard time understanding it. But I, I but I sympathize with those who, who do, and I know that it's quite common. Thank you for that input. I, I honestly don't didn't really ever look at it like that. I just always used to think, God, I'm going to miss him. I just mm. I want to see them so bad again. Think and, about how lucky I, you are I, that they're in your life, and yeah, that you know yeah. they'll always be that part of your life where they they are the you know they were there. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that helps somewhat. That's two very different perspectives on it. I think. Um, yeah. You know. Good luck. Well, thank you guys. I just just wanted to. Real quick, leave on a note, uh, you guys have done a lot. Uh, you've helped me become more skeptical I'm at the university, and I'm a history major, and you guys have really helped me become more of a critical thinker, and just great. thank you guys for everything that you do. Well, Thanks, thank you. That's great to hear. So have a good good day. And, you too. Uh, you too. The rest of your week. All right, thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right, uh, we got about 10 minutes to talk to Brett in St. Louis, Missouri. Hello, Brett. Hi, Brett. Hello, my name is Brett Keane from the YouTube channel God TV Radio. Okay, had to get in the plug. Oh, that's, I would have given that's you an fair. opportunity anyway. No, that's fair. <laughs> Welcome, Brett. Okay, I, I noticed uh, during the the discussion and the live, you guys were talking about how people have feelings and experiences, but they never demonstrate scientifically any of their position whatsoever. But I haven't heard one single time on the atheist experience where you demonstrated any kind of scientific reason why God shouldn't exist in the universe. Would you be able to give a actual experience or position, the truth and the fact of accuracy of your position, or is it just feeling? It's so, not just no. It's not like, a feeling. It's a lack of of observed, like any observable information that convinces me that there is a God. Right. I mean, but, but I would say that I don't know that science that it's the job of science to ex- to explain why something should or shouldn't be. Right. It has to do with a general approach to the the way you absorb knowledge and information. It's basically the idea being that you should remain skeptical of something until you have good reason to believe it. But you expect people to sit here and give you beyond a feeling scientific evidence and demonstration, but you're not willing to give a naturalistic explanation for your position. No, they're, 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 they're claiming that there's a particular thing. So, for example, let's say they claimed that there is a new species of primate that has been discovered in the Florida Everglades. Right. And we're saying, right. really? Really, can I see this? You know, like, let's see it. Where did you hear about this? And they say, well, I, you know, I read this thing and somebody said that somebody said that there's a, and after a while you start thinking, oh, wait a minute. Are you sure that there's a new species of primate in the Florida Everglades? Because, you know, we're, right, we're, we're not saying that God definitely doesn't exist. We're saying that the claims that God does exist are so far unfounded. Uh, right. By the way, right. there is a slight echo on the line. I'm not sure if it's in the if it's the uh, the tech end of things or if maybe you're listening to the stream. Are you hearing that? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm, not, I'm not listening to the stream. I'll just turn down my speakers a little bit if that's a problem for you. But okay. you're assuming if 
there is no evidence for God, then it must be something else. What do you mean what must be something else? I don't understand what you're saying must be something else. Stating that you lack a belief in God and that couldn't be the reasoning behind the universe, there must be something else. No, well, we're not saying it couldn't be the reasoning behind it. First of all, you know, the idea that a, a God has to be associated with Somehow, I mean, I'm not putting forward what is or isn't. Uh, you know, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not a, a, a physicist, and I'm not a astrophysicist, and I'm not, uh, you know, a geologist. I'm not the person that says, you know, what or what isn't like tied to the generation of a universe. There are people that devote their lives to that. I'm not one of them. So I'm not making any okay. claims about where the universe right. comes from or doesn't come are you, from. Are you rebroadcasting your show on your YouTube channel or something? I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with that echo. It is pretty annoying. Well, ma'am, I turned down my speakers here. I'm sorry. I don't know, I don't know what we're hearing. Okay. I'm still hearing so, myself, though. No, I'm yeah. sorry about that. I turned down my speakers almost okay. all the way for you. Okay, now yeah, also I keep hearing like a like a Skype call sound. Yeah, it's like your computer is also broadcasting computer sounds onto your call. Like you're just not wanting to answer my question. No, no a, it, really it is really distracting. Feedback. I'm not kidding. Really distracting, huh? Yeah. But you're answering me. You can hear what I'm saying to you. Sometimes. Most of the time. Yeah. Like, now it's pretty quiet. All right. Can you give some kind of scientific explanation why it is? Can can you at least turn off Skype? I keep hearing that. Yes, I'll go ahead and turn that off. Sorry about that. Okay. So can you give something besides your feeling or your assumptions that there's a scientific reason why God couldn't exist in the universe? We don't or think there, you, you keep wait, you're you assuming are, what we you think. Keep, <laughs> we keep telling you we don't think it's impossible for God to exist. And you keep ignoring that and asking us to prove a thing that we didn't say. Okay, do you believe that <laughs> Skype again? You believe that your position is based upon facts and evidence? I don't know what you mean. My position. My position is simply that someone else's position has not been demonstrated. Okay, so your position isn't based upon facts and evidence. I don't have upon, a position. Well, That's what I'm trying to figure it's out. Based what you're upon what someone else feels by default, right? That's what you're saying. I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. The first discussion on feelings had nothing to do with God. It had to do with psychic thoughts, like people who thought they were psychic. Right. You like to go after people on their position in God, but you don't want to demonstrate any kind of information for your own position. If I say that that the primates in the Everglades, that I haven't seen evidence that they exist, well, wait a minute. If I say that the primates in the Everglades do not, that nobody has shown me that there are such things, and so therefore I'm waiting for the evidence in order to decide whether or not they're actually there, but in the meantime I don't believe it just because someone claimed it. By the way, I just got a message that you are rebroadcasting this on your stream, and I don't understand why you didn't just tell me that. Like, did you think we wouldn't let you? I don't have any kind of issue with sitting here telling you this. I was concerned about the yeah, questions I, I, have. <laughs> no. I I just wanted to mention that I know that. I mean, it's not like you're getting away with something. It doesn't matter to me, but it's weird that you misdirected from that. Where 
on fair ground here. Then you're broadcasting me. I'm broadcasting you. That's, That's fine. That's what Russell okay. just said. He's yeah, fine but, with it. But you know that we were broadcasting you. Yeah, I just we, think we that's strange. But you're, you know that you're being broadcasted because you're broadcasting yourself. So right. Now, broadcast. now, now I do. Fine. I just don't understand why now you I felt like you needed to lie. I didn't lie at all. Oh. I just told you I was broadcasting you. How's that a lie? <laughs> Never mind. Okay, well, let me ask you this then, Brett. Maybe this will help you understand our position better because I don't think you understand our position. Do you believe yeah. everything everybody tells you? Nope. Like, I don't believe what you're talking about most of the time. Mm-hmm. Do you believe it if somebody tells you they have leprechauns in their backyard? I don't believe in leprechauns. Why? Is that a have feeling? you proven that? Have because you... it's rational logical to believe that there's an intelligence out in the universe. We have intelligence through it's, the wait a minute. We're so, and I, logical Are you going to let me answer? Right? See, that's what you but do. But you just people. changed no, the subject. No, wait a minute. You did change it. I was asking you, do, do you believe <laughs> everything people tell you? What does leprechauns have to do with what I'm talking about? What does leprechauns and primates off in the Amazon have to do Because we're talking doing? about the idea. You're, I'm trying to help you understand our position you're on the claim. I can't talk understand when there's like 50,000 voices. I, there are, there is, there is like this, cra- there is this crazy echo. <laughs> and there's the echo. Skype sound yeah, again. Yeah, I, I, there's okay. so much sound on the line. I'm hearing myself talking over For myself. For a YouTuber, you really suck at broadcasting. I'm done. Yeah, well, you suck. Atheist experience all based. Oh, sorry. I just dropped the wrong people. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That Oops. sucks really badly. Yep. Um, Apologies to okay. people who were well, accidentally Well, he's going dropped. to declare that as a win, I, I guess. guess. so. But just in the future, if <laughs> right. you call up and you want to rebroadcast, we're probably right. fine with that. And yeah. also make sure you my turn your stuff be... down because I could not even hear my... I kept trying to stop because I thought somebody was trying to talk. And then I would hear that it was just me echoing. It was like completely impossible. Right. So if you want to do this in the future, and I think I'm hosting again next week, so I will welcome your call again, but yeah. I'm going to ask you to, um, I don't know what, turn off everything else, yeah. record up. record the show, I mean, record what you're saying, or hell, just direct people to our version. Maybe he's afraid that we will dishonestly edit, which... We don't edit the show and at all, but he doesn't back, have to trust that. Please look up the burden of proof, right? <laughs> please, because it's on the person making the claim, not the person. That, I mean, we're not right. we're not required to. If you believed everything everyone told you, it would be logically impossible because you would have to believe contradictory claims. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem there. You can't simply believe claims because people make them. They have to be demonstrated to your satisfaction, even right. if you know, even if you have a low threshold of you know evidentiary inputs to convince you you still have to have something because if you don't and you try to believe everything everyone tells you i could tell you that i'm married then tell you i'm not married what do you believe i just told you both things right so you have to be able to um at some point vet the information that comes to you that people are just handing you and not just believe everything that's that's called gullible yeah but i'm just saying next (sighs) time please just record it however you want. I understand if you're afraid of being edited somehow, yeah. but 
but test out your sound setup before you call because we can't have a call like that. Also, just to help with the primate example and where I was going right. with it, it's just about making a claim. It could be any claim, but if somebody's saying primates exist in the Everglades, right? That's not. It's not like there aren't primates on the planet that they don't exist in all kinds of environments. So there could be that they find a primate in the Everglades. If somebody comes forward and says, "Hey, they found this new primate in the Everglades," I'm probably going to be like, "Wow, that's really cool. What is it like?" And they start, but if they start to tell me things that are not it aligned with um, other things I know about reality, I start to become more and more skeptical. But the point is, until you get some verification of it, mm-hmm. you're not required to just believe something because someone said it to you, right? You know, and so the idea that, and, and if you, if you are skeptical of that claim, if you say, that sounds kind of strange to me, what you're describing there, I'm not sure that, you know, primates are in the Everglades based on what, what else you're saying. Yeah. At that point, someone's saying, so we're Tracy, like out of time. Tracy, can you prove your point? <laughs> it's like, I'm not, there's nothing to prove. I'm, I'm questioning whether your point is valid. I'm not claiming anything except that your claim doesn't sound quite solid. Um, and so there's not a position there, right? Except that I'm shaky on your position. Right. I can do. Okay. More stuff. Uh, you you want to run through yeah, all the like do it. the, the traditional zip. lightning round? Yeah. Okay. Uh, callers, you have like one minute to get a point out if you want to, or you Do can uh, go on and uh, call back next week. So, uh, Yelmer in Amsterdam, real quick, you got anything you can sum up fast? Yeah, hi there. This is Yelmer from Amsterdam. Faster. Uh, oh, go for it, Yelmer. <laughs> so nice to be on your show. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me good? Yeah. Yeah, and and we're out of time, so you need to get to a point real quick, and uh, <laughs> and then we're going to move on. Oh, gee, I'm going to try my best, but it's not a point that, that that I can make real quick, I think. But I'll try. Okay, I'll well, try. then so, call back so, next oh. week. Or if you want, you can go to the blog and, like, add it to the yes. thread for today's show. Can I just try it? Yeah, sure, try. Right, so so I've heard a lot of responses to the Kalam cosmos, uh, cosmological argument. My native language is not English, it's so so don't. Uh, I might I might. Be You're already now, wasting too much time. I'm sorry. This <laughs> right. is the lightning round. I think uh, we're going to move right, on. So. Post on the blog. Bye. Oh, <laughs> people, ouch. respect the lightning round, people. I'm not screwing around. Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Hi. Hi. Hi um. I'm, I'm a pantheist. I, I just, uh, I don't know where to start with this. Um, oh. <laughs> we got you. The, you. the universe is God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one description that the pantheist holds. Um, I, I just really don't see that the, the, the atheists, they, they don't see that we represent the same nature that the, the phenomena that, that is the sun or, or the nature that is, that is in quantum mechanics. We, we all represent, like, the first color. He said that intelligence was, I guess, the foundation for life or consciousness or reality or the universe, whatever interpretation you want to call life or whatever. We, we yeah. interpretate the universe as, as we, we, we investigate it through scientific principles. Okay. Do you call well, it God? Um, not specifically. Do you? I mean, what's, what's the theist part of it? From the sun, like I said, 
to the all right. The so representative. we're trying to just wrap up all the calls quickly, and this looks like a much longer discussion. So I'm going to say yeah, call yeah. back next week. Yeah, yeah. I tried calling. I couldn't get on there. When all right. I posted the blog started. if you want to, and they can discuss it with you there. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back on the show probably if I uh, try to get on earlier. Fair enough. Okay, see ya. Vic in New York, lightning round. What's up? Yes, I'm calling from Secular Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh-huh. I the group's called okay. We Agnostic. The group is called We Agnostics and Atheists Free Thinkers. Mm-hmm. We're having a convention in Austin <gasps> oh. in ten days. Awesome. At the Crown, at the Crown Plaza Hotel. Have uh, you got a, a web? Hold on, wait. Go for it. What was yeah. the address for the hotel? It's the Crown Plaza Hotel uh-huh. in Austin. Should be about 300 people from abroad, across the country, and Europe, Australia, South America. Wow! Um, it's it's the the 11th, 12th, and 13th. It does cost $30 a day. It's for people who are tired of the religiosity in AA. Uh, there's going to be a narcotics uh, uh, anonymous meeting there okay. as well. So Can we people- welcome all sorts of. Website you were asking Can people for? find that by Googling Secular and Freethinker AA? Unfortunately, it's, it, one of the problems is the name. The name is awful, and I'm hoping okay. to get it changed at the convention. It's it's called WAFT, W-A-A-F-T. W-A-A-F-T. That should be easy to Google. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, hang on a second. It's uh, WAFT and then I-A-A-C after that. Space I A A C. W A A F T space I A A C. Yes, exactly. So okay. Please come. All all are welcome. Thank you. Wow, thanks, Vic. Thanks. Okay. That guy nailed the lightning round. He That's did. how you do he it. Did. <laughs> Peter in Virginia. Hi, I think I was on the lightning round last time. Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, you got a, well, I mean, I would say you got a call earlier, but also he you got crowded earlier. out by all the theists. I'm sorry. You've been waiting. So what do you got, Peter? Is this... Well, I was just going to ask if you think people are more scared of death or hell. I guess that's the... Depends on the now. person. Yeah. I, yeah, I, guess, oh, the, I don't know. People in the middle. People who don't really believe, but, you know, who aren't. Hard atheists or hard atheists, people in the middle. I mean, just gauging your opinion really quickly. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's too general for me. in the middle. You'll have to find some and ask them. Put it on okay. the blog. <laughs> yep. Ask them at the blog. That's what we're going to keep. Just direct everybody to the blog. There's an open uh, thread for the show. com slash AXP. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. And okay. put your question there and we'll see if they'll right. answer you. Bye. Okay, thanks. Sure. Uh, gonna stop on Brandon. I think Aww. Smith called after we started. Oh, he's been screened. <laughs> Brandon. Go Brandon. New Mexico. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Hey. Um, this is this is my first time. I understand you guys are almost out of time, and so uh, this is my first time calling to the AIDS experience. I appreciate everything you guys do, especially with um, Matt Dillon Honey. Um, I like hearing you guys. <laughs> Thank you for complimenting somebody who's not <laughs> yeah. here today. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I'm just I'm just pointing that out. I really like your show. Um, uh-huh. The question I came in here to ask the question of um, a question that I kind of get asked a lot when I'm engaging with you know theists, you know people that are religious is why do you care what people believe? And you know the questions about religious freedom, like should people be allowed to really express their religious beliefs, especially when they're in contradiction with other ones? Like, is there a boundary? Um, you know, if there's a boundary, is it really religious freedom? Like, how do you really properly address Okay, the first question that you asked was about why you care what people believe. Okay, so for yeah, example, if 
If your next door neighbor believes his horoscope and you don't even know it, he gets the paper every day to look up his horoscope, but you have no idea this is even going on, do you care? Um, I could like, because uh, I understand that, um, you know, that beliefs may have actions. Um, and, you know, I kind of understand, like, especially if you're talking with a Christian, they may believe that, for example, homosexuality is wrong, and they may want, may want to act on that. But what, how about with the people that, you know, they, they, you know, they go to church, they read the Bible, but they don't really harm anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there are yeah, definitely that's... people that do, and there are actually people who are involved in religious movements that would support, like, um, gay rights, right, or that support mm-hmm. immigration rights. And... For the most part, I don't care if they, uh, <laughs> you know, if they're not bothering me, like, I don't need to change their opinion. Now, if they start coming at me trying to convince me that they're right, then I'll argue back. Right. But if they don't want to talk about it, we're cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't go, I don't go and try to start these conversations, you know, with everybody I know that believes in God, but it's mostly the people that are trying to push those beliefs onto others that we're mainly concerned with. Now, there are, of course, the periphery kind of arguments for the idea that these people insulate, um, other people that believe. But I have seen more and more, you know, like uh, liberal Christians that have been standing up and speaking out against their conservative brethren and basically saying this is wrong. And I'm glad to be seeing more of that. It's still a little shaky to me when it has the right position for a very weird reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that same, you know, when you believe this is what God is telling me, what it really takes is someone to convince you that you're wrong about what God's telling you and he really wants you to do this other thing and then you do the other thing. So um, the idea that I'm doing it because God told me to do it, as opposed to understanding the underlying causes for why this is a good or right action or a bad or wrong action, um, is a little concerning. Uh, so it sort of takes, you know, has to do with the individual um, and how much their beliefs are impacting them and how much those beliefs impact others uh, as to how concerned I become. Um, definitely, I'm right. concerned all all irrational beliefs. I don't want to have any, and I'm sure that I do. I just have to identify right. them and get rid of them. But um, the impact to others, I think, uh, as that goes up, my concern goes up with it. Hmm. Right. Good answer. Kind of gets into. Huh? Good answer. Uh, We have like we're actually like ten minutes over time at this point, so we're going to go to Star of India now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll try to call him next week if that's possible. So you can try. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for taking my call, and you know, just keep doing keep. Thanks. Work. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. It's our show. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Had a lovely time. <laughs> This is Russell Glasser, host of The Atheist Experience. You know, The Atheist Experience is made possible by volunteers and the generous support of viewers like you. If the promotion of positive atheist culture and separation of church and state values that you hold, please consider contributing by becoming an ACA member or visiting our product page at EvolveFish.com under the Partner tab. Thank you. How does one frame a masterpiece? If it's a painting, some wood and gold leaf will do. But what about a masterpiece of the edible variety? Like Boar's Head Oven Gold Turkey. Crafted from a family recipe, 
seasoned with savory spices and then slow roasted until it's fork tender and brimming with flavor. So, what could frame such a masterpiece? Perhaps a little bread would do. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. <laughs>